0: and welcome back to reflect forward. I'm your host Carrie Siggins. I'm so glad you're here today. This is an advice from a CEO episode and we're going to talk about responsibility and accountability. Those two words are often used interchangeably. I have used them interchangeably and they do have very similar meanings, but I've read this really fantastic book. I'm going to show it right here. Um it's called The Power of Owning Up, a book on responsibility for leadership and coaches by Bob Durham and Samir Dua, and it opened my mind. My uh, life coach, who works at Stone Age with us, gave me this book. She came in, and she said, "You have to read it." What it talks about responsibility, the things that you care about—it's a game changer. And she is so right. So I read it, and I love it. And I have been doing so much thinking about responsibility because it really is the ownership mindset. And being an employee-owned company, you know, we are helping our employees to think and act like owners. And what does it mean to be an owner? We have the own it mindset, which is our set of behaviors and values that help you be successful in an employee-owned company such as Stone Age. And so I really, really liked the thought-provoking aspect of this book because I hadn't ever really sat down and thought, what truly is responsibility? What truly is accountability? And why do they matter so much? And responsibility is everything. And I used to say accountability is everything, but it's not. Responsibility is everything. And I will share why I think that now. So first and foremost, you need to have both, right? Accountability and responsibility. But with responsibility, nobody can own that but you. There is nobody who can be responsible for you but you, unless you're a child. But I don't think very many kids listen to this podcast. So as an adult, you are responsible for you. But accountability is really about other people. It's about who you are accountable to. Now, you can be accountable to yourself too. So you can be accountable to somebody and not take responsibility. Uh, And so that's what I didn't really understand. And and so I'm going to explain this to you because I think it's a really important aspect. So let's start with responsibility. When we talk about responsibility, we are talking about what we're expected to do, our obligations, the commitments that we make to ourselves. It's about fulfilling our duties and being reliable. When we take on responsibility, we promise ourselves and we promise others that we're going to follow through on something. Now, responsibility can feel like a burden. A lot of people get resentful over a feeling of responsibility. But I think responsibility can be really empowering Um, A couple of weeks ago, I did this exercise with one of my YPO forum groups, YPO's Young Presidents Organization. It's a peer networking group. I love it. It's been game-changing, life-changing. And we did this exercise about the stories we tell ourselves and how those narratives have shaped who we are as human, both in positive ways and negative ways, because we all tell ourselves stories about what happens to us. And one of the questions was, Um, Think about the moments of inflection in your life and what happened. And I realized that the biggest inflection points in my life were always when I took responsibility for something, always hands down, no doubt. That is when I changed my life, when I decided I was going to go to Colorado School of Mines when I was in high school getting in trouble, when I decided that I was going to leave Denver and move to Austin to start over. Um, after I got in trouble in Austin and decided that that's it, I'm taking responsibility for my life and I'm moving back to Durango, when I got really, really tough feedback about my leadership style and I realized that there was truth to it and I took responsibility for it and I changed the way that I led, all of those are inflection points. And it's all about taking responsibility, saying I choose to empower myself. I choose to choose. I choose to lean into the discomfort of the unknown future. I choose to lean into the discomfort of this feedback. I choose to own my actions, my decisions, my choices, and how they got me to where I am, especially when I wasn't in a good place. And so responsibility is this really, really empowering thing. And what I love in this book is that it explains that the Opposite of responsibility isn't irresponsibility. It's actually blame, and this is so powerful. And I love that this book taught me this because it's so true. When we don't take responsibility for ourselves, for our actions, for our decisions, for our situations, um, then we are blaming a situation or we're blaming somebody else. And blame doesn't have to be like, "Oh, it's that person's fault." Blame could be like, "There's nothing I can do." Blame can be like, I tried as hard as I could and I just couldn't fix it. Blame could be like, that's not my job or there wasn't enough time, right? Those are all excuses and it's blaming something other than yourself for the situation that you're in. And that might be a harsh way to look at it, but it is the truth. If you are not taking responsibility for every single thing that happens in your life, both good and bad, then you are disempowering yourself to actually do something about it until you decide that you are going to be responsible for your life, for your leadership, for your career, for how you show up day in and day out at work, then you are going to be in a victim mentality. You are going to be blaming other people or the situation for the situation that you're in. And that is an incredibly powerful thing and something that I wish that all of us could figure out that if we don't like the situation that we are in, when we take responsibility for it, we can change it. Now, it doesn't mean you can change other people, right? There might be situations that you just have to say, you know what, I can't change this, and this situation is not right for me. Therefore, I am choosing to do something else, whether that's a different relationship, whether that's a different job, whether that's a different boss, a different company whatever that is, you still have to choose what's best for you. You can't sit there and stay stuck because then you aren't in the blaming mode. So I love this because responsibility is everything. If we all chose to step into our own power of responsibility, then we could fix so many things that are broken in our lives, and our Workplaces in our careers. But all too often, we don't want to do that, right? We think that it's easier to say, that's not my job. That's not my problem. I can't do that. I don't have the skills. I can't take that risk. Um, it's not my fault. And it makes us stay stuck. So I love this because When we are trying to teach our employees to think and act like owners, what we're trying to do is to teach them to be responsible for how they show up every single day. Like, you can come in and maybe you are not happy in your job. And that is okay. Like, there are millions and millions of people who are out there. But you don't have to stay unhappy in your job, right? You can choose to come in and have a good attitude. You can choose to speak up. You can choose to um, suggest a way to solve the problem. You could choose to go look for another job. Right? There's all different things that we can do to not stay stuck if we step into responsibility. So I love that because leadership is about responsibility. For example, I am a steward of my company and my employees, and I take this responsibility very serious. And I don't feel obligated to do it, and I don't feel burdened by doing it. I feel empowered and engaged to do it. I embrace it wholeheartedly, no matter what happens. Good. Bad, whatever mistakes I make, even the stepping into the unknown, right? We're making a decision and we don't really know what this outcome is going to be. But I care so much about growing this company and helping my employees achieve their dreams that I'm going to take this risk and try that I am willing to go for it, that I'm willing to put myself out there. I'm willing to fail. I'm willing to have people not like me. I'm willing to have people say you're crazy, all of those things because. I feel that deep responsibility, even though I might not be able to completely control the outcome. I don't know what that outcome is. That's what truly caring about something means and feeling responsible for being stewards of it. Okay, so that's responsibility. Now let's talk about accountability. Accountability is more about the outcomes and the uh, ownership that we take over those outcomes and how they impact other people. So it's about how our actions, um, decisions, or inactions, or indecisions affect other people. When we are accountable, we acknowledge that we have a role in results, whether those are positive or negative. So for example, let's say that you're working on a project in your job with a team. You have a specific task to complete. You are accountable for making sure that it gets done on time, and to the very best of your ability. If you don't fulfill this accountability, the project might suffer, right? You might let people down, you might miss a deadline, and your team members might have to pick up the slack. So you are accountable to your teammates for your role on that project. Now, you're still accountable to your teammates whether you take responsibility for your role or not, right, you could lean into full responsibility to say, no matter what happens, I am responsible for my role in this. I'm going to do the very best that I can. And I am going to drive for these results. Even if I don't always know 100% what to do, or I'm not 100% sure that we're going to be successful, I feel responsible for making sure that I'm doing my part. And that's what responsibility is. Or you could be the opposite. You could say, "Ah, well, my boss didn't give me clear direction. This timeline, totally unreasonable. And -and so-and-so on the team is not pulling his weight, so why should I pull mine? That is blaming, right? That is being a victim. That is not taking responsibility. Either way, you are still accountable for your role in the process. So that is the distinction between accountability and responsibility. You and you alone are responsible for your choices, your commitments, your obligations, your attitude, the way you show up every day. Nobody else is responsible for that, only you. Accountability, now you can hold yourself accountable to those things, but other people are going to hold you accountable too. Um, And so accountability really is about other people and making sure that you are upholding those commitments for them. And so I love that distinction because they are two very, very, very different things. So I'm going to give a couple of other examples just to help you all understand. Um, So the first one is, let's say something needs to change at work, right? It's not working, it's broken, and it needs to change. Now, if you're responsible, you can say, I'm responsible for my life, my team, my work happiness. Uh, I'm responsible for for taking action in this. And therefore, I must act. And if you don't know what to do, instead of saying, well, I don't know what to do, I'm going to have to wait for somebody else to tell me what to do, you say, it's on me to figure it out. I am going to go figure out how to fix this. If you don't do that, if you say, well, I have to wait for somebody else, then you're in the blame game, right? So responsibility is, it's my responsibility to make sure that I feel fulfilled at work and that I am being part of the solution, not part of the problem. And if I don't know how to fix it, I'm going to go figure out how to fix it. That is responsibility. Now, accountability comes into your team, right? So as a leader, you're responsible for your team. One of the most important jobs as a leader is to help their teams fix problems, to help their teams embrace change. So if you have something that's broken on your team and you are a leader, it is your responsibility to fix it. And accountability comes into your team, right? So you are accountable to all those people on your team to fixing it, to addressing the issue, to making the changes necessary, to figure out what brainstorming looks like. So that's an example of need so that's an example of responsibility versus accountability when you need to fix something. All right. So the next one I want to talk about is responsibility for understanding. I think it's a really powerful aspect of self-leadership that many of us don't talk about, don't understand. And so I wanted to bring this up in this podcast because a responsibility for understanding really empowers you as a leader or as an employee to figure out how you fit into the company, how your role advances the mission, the vision, And the strategy of the company. So we teach, we tell our employees, you're responsible for understanding. So, for example, we are rolling out our strategic plan. We try to make it as easy as possible for everybody to understand. Is it simple? Is it clear? Do we tie people's work, everyday work to the strategy? Are we doing our part to make sure that it's clear? But there is an equal part on our employee owners. They have to also say, I have a responsibility to understand, which means that they have the courage to ask questions, to speak up, to say, I don't understand what we're doing that. I don't understand how my role fits into this. Um, can you please help me understand, right? I don't understand the, the, the budget. Let me dig in a little bit so that I can make better decisions. And that is a really empowering thing. And so this responsibility for understanding within the workplace Um, it's not talked about at all, but it should be because if we all said, I take that on, that responsibility for understanding, then it would solve so many problems because people would speak up. They would ask questions when they feel that responsibility. When we don't feel that responsibility, right, it's easy to say, ooh, I'm going to get reprimanded if I ask that question. I'm going to get made fun of if I ask that question. Um, You know, my boss just doesn't do a good job of explaining it. Why would it change if I ask these questions, right? Again, that's going into the blame. That's going into excuses. And those things may be true. And they don't want to downplay the fact that there are crappy work environments where it isn't safe to have these types of conversations. Um, But overall, I think if you Say, hey, I've got a quick couple of questions about where what all of this means. You can dip your toe in the water of being responsible for understanding and not do it in a way that is off-putting for people. And you will be surprised how much you learn. On the other hand, when you give all of your power away by saying, Nope, you know, they didn't do a good job of explaining it to me. I'm, I'm too embarrassed to ask. I'm going to get reprimanded for asking. You give away your power for understanding how you can better fit into your organization and, and perform in a way that makes you feel really good about yourself. So I love the responsibility for understanding. The accountability piece of responsibility for understanding comes into one, holding yourself accountable, right? If you want to be successful, I want to grow in this role. I want to do a good job. I am going to hold myself accountable for asking these questions. And it is really about being accountable to your team. And it's not so much as like the direct, you're in a project and you have a deadline. I'm accountable to my team, but we all are accountable to our teammates. We're accountable to our teammates every single day to show up and do our very best work, to, um, to be good teammates, to help each other, to support each other. That's what makes a company great. And so if you don't understand how you fit in to the company, how you fit into your team and the role, and you don't take that responsibility of understanding, it's really hard for you to be accountable to your teammates to doing the very best job that you can, can do. All right, so let's do one that's maybe not quite so abstract. Let's say you have to handle confidential information, right? So it needs to be handled with care. You can't talk about it. You have to keep it secure and only share it with authorized personnel, leadership, any of those things, right? And so being responsible for that means that you take that very seriously, that you don't have a breach of confidentiality, that you do keep things locked up and secure, that you are very careful in how you talk about sensitive subjects and situations. You're thoughtful in it. And if somebody asks you a question and you can't answer it, you say, you know what, that's just confidential information that I can't share. That is taking responsibility for it. Accountability comes into that you're accountable to protecting that for the company and the people who the confidential information is about. So you have to make sure that you are upholding that, not just for yourself, but for those people. And if you do have a breach of confidentiality, where accountability comes in is that you take ownership of the situation. You report the incident to your boss. You find a way to rectify the situation. You do what you can to prevent... Um, similar incidences from happening in the future. Like those are, that's accountability in that type of situation. So, those are some examples, some l- ones that are super easy to understand, like the projects, and some that aren't quite so concrete, but are equally as important as the very clear cut and dry tactical ones. So, that's the difference between accountability and responsibility. One of the things that I really like about what this book says is that responsibility is really future thinking, right? You're thinking about, I'm responsible for all these things. How am I going to show up in my responsibility for all of these things? How am I going to choose to choose? Where accountability really is a past, right? So did I uphold my commitment or not? Did I meet my deadline or not? Did I breach confidentiality or not, (laughs) did I let somebody down or not? And it's really rear-facing. It's more historical, the accountability piece. So that's a really good way to look at it. Responsibility is the commitments that you're making to show up in a certain way, to do things in a certain way, commitments in a certain way going forward. And accountability is, did you actually uphold that responsibility? And you can look in the past and say, okay, Yes, I was accountable or I was not accountable to this situation with these people. So I think that's a really good way to look at it. Now, I do want to briefly talk on the burdens that we feel with responsibility because I think this is a really important thing, especially if you're a people pleaser and a yes person. Um I definitely understand that. I have had a hard time saying no to a lot of things in my life. And then I would feel the burden of responsibility because I said yes to something that I really wanted to say no to. It is okay to say no. That is a choice. And you need to focus your responsibility on the things that are the very most important to you. As this book calls it, the things that you care about deeply, right? So I care deeply about being a great CEO, a great leader, about growing my company, about taking care of my employees, about being a great mom, about being a great wife, about taking care of myself. I like to read. I like to educate myself. I like to spend time with my mom. Um, There are lots of things that I care deeply about. There are some things that I don't care deeply about. And I am not going to choose to commit my time to those things that I don't care deeply about and it's okay. Let's face it. We don't care about the majority of the things that happen on this planet. And that's okay. That's, that's the human existence that we just, we care about the things that we care about. So make sure that you take care of the things that you care about. It's a quote from this book, take care of the things that you care about, right? So for me, being a great mom, being a great wife, being a great daughter, being a great leader, being a great CEO, having strong business acumen, being a lifelong learner. Those are all things that I care very deeply about and feel deep responsibility towards. And therefore I make sure that I keep up my commitments and my obligations there. Things that I care less about, like maintaining a large circle of friends, right? No, I have a couple of super, super close friends and that's all that I want and need in my life. And so If I get asked to go do something with an acquaintance, I'm probably gonna say no unless it somehow feeds those other things. And that's okay. You have to have boundaries because what you don't want is to feel obligated or resentful to the responsibilities that you have. Now, let's face it, we all have those things, right? There are all things that we have to do to be responsible adults that maybe we don't want to do, but we do it because it's the right thing. Like for example, I don't know, balance your checkbook. I hate balancing my checkbook. Um, I feel resentful every time I have to do it, but it is adulting. And you have to sometimes just adult to make sure that you are managing your finances so that you can create the financial freedom that you want in your life. And that's how I look at it, right? I am managing these things very carefully, not because I enjoy doing it, but because the outcome that I want is financial freedom. Therefore, I have to do these things that require discipline to be able to get to that. So there is adulting that has to happen. There is no doubt. But when you are thinking about how you spend your time and where you make your commitments in those non-adulting areas of your life, choose wisely. Choose things that are going to fill your cup. Choose things that you are going to feel good about, even if it's really hard to uphold that responsibility, because you know that you are taking care of something that you love deeply, that's truly important to you, even if it's hard. So those are my thoughts on being responsible for things that you don't necessarily want to be responsible for. Okay, so I hope that helps. I hope that was insightful for all of you. On to my question of the week. So my question of the week comes from a fellow YPO member. YPO, again, is Young Presidents Organization. It is one of the world's largest Peer to peer executive um, networking mentoring experience share organizations. It's awesome. It's changed my life. It's helped me become so much a better leader. Anyway, a fellow YPOer asked me um, during uh, a leadership meeting that I was at. Said, "Carrie, how do you manage your anxiety? I am constantly feeling anxious about things. How do you manage your anxiety?" That's a really good question. Um, I've worked really hard on learning how to manage my anxiety. And to be honest, um, I don't get anxious about much anymore. But I used to be anxious about so many things. And part of it is just a, you know, who we are as human beings. Some of us are more tightly wound. Some of us feel um, anxiety deeper. Some of us worry more, right? Those are just inherent things about our personalities. Um, Or they come from, you know, the way that we are raised, childhood trauma, all of those things that have shaped us to, to who we are. So I definitely used to feel a lot more anxious than I do. And I think that part of it is that I've done a lot of work on Like, how do I let things go? How do I go with the flow a little bit better? How do I worry about things that are in my control and not things that are out of my control? And so, you know, I think the point of all of this is, is that if you do the work, you can definitely manage your anxiety better. Is it going to go away? Absolutely not uh and you know i highly recommend working with a therapist or with a coach coaching absolutely helped me manage my anxiety more uh but it's it's so worth trying to get under control because it can suck the fun out of life when we're feeling anxious about things so when i do feel anxious um there's a couple things that i do first i write down a journal like why am i feeling anxious like what is really going on what is it that i'm most worried about with this and to be honest it, typically comes down to failing at something, making somebody upset, right? I have a likability factor when people are mad at me or they, you know, say bad things about me, like it makes me anxious. Uh, and so I understand that I feel like I'm taking those things personally. Um, when I feel like I've let somebody down um, or when I have to have like a really tough conversation, I'm going to play that over and over and over in my head because I so want to get it Right. Um, and so those are typically the things that I feel anxious about. And when I ask myself, why am I feeling anxious about this? Right. It always comes back to either usually how I am going to feel about something, right? How I feel about failure, how I don't feel worthy if somebody doesn't like me or how I feel like I'm a bad leader. If I make somebody mad, um, how I'm a bad leader, if I let somebody down, um, how I'm a bad leader if I don't handle a tough conversation. Right. Right. The heart of anxiety comes down to how we feel about ourselves. So once you can name, like I'm worried about how this is making me feel or what this means for me, then you can start to, to unravel that. You can start to unpack what's going on. So after I've named where, what I'm feeling, then I say, okay, what's the best thing that can happen in this situation? And what's the worst thing that can happen in this situation? And what actions do I take to make the best thing happen? And what actions do I need to take to make sure that the worst things don't happen? Action is the fastest way out of anxiety, in my opinion, right? We can sit there and spin and spin and spin and spin um, on things that are most likely not going to happen, not likely going to come true. And And a little bit of action can help. Another thing I get anxious about is having so much on my to-do list and not being able to get it all done. And again, it comes back to that. I'm going to let people down or I'm not going to be a good leader if I don't do these things. And so I, in those situations, it's like, what's three small things that I can do right now to help move the needle? And then I do that. And then what's a list of the things that I'm going to do tomorrow to move the needle. Okay. I feel good. I can do those things. I can make that commitment to those three things. And a little bit of action helps pull me out of anxiety. You know, action, action, action is, is my advice that might not work for everybody, but that's what works for me. Um, I also go for a walk, go for a run, exercise. Right, exercise for me is such a great way to deal with anxiety. Like I can just like get it all out, and uh, and so I highly recommend moving your body if you're feeling anxious about something. Um, and then deep breathing. There's so much power in breathing. Um, you know, my last CEO episode was on um, mindfulness, and and boy, there's some nothing like a couple deep breaths. And I just did this with my son. He was feeling super anxious about something the other day. And so I said, what's the best thing that can happen? The worst thing that's happened? What's one thing that you can do right now to make yourself feel better? We talked through that. And I was like, okay, let's just take a couple of deep breaths. We're going to take 10 deep breaths together. And so we did it. And by the end of that 10 deep breaths, he's like, okay, I've got this. I can do this. It was so amazing to just watch the calm come over him with deep breathing. It really, truly does work for any of us of all ages, just taking a couple deep breaths. So those are the things that I do when I'm feeling anxious. Hopefully that helps. But my best piece of advice is take a little bit of action, understand where it's coming from, and then take action, take smart, cool, calm, collected action, not action in a frenzied, upset way, right? Freaking out about something never makes them anything better. Like literally it never makes anything better. Not for you, not for the people you freak out on. So how do I come to this with a cool, calm and collected space to take one small step to work on the thing that I'm feeling anxious about? So that's my tip. Hopefully it helps. Thanks for asking. All right. So that is it for this episode of Reflect Forward Advice from a CEO. I hope that it was helpful for you. Um, If you like this podcast, please write a review, rate it, share it with a friend, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I always appreciate it. It helps with the algorithms and hopefully gives you a little bit of inspiration on how to lean into this very difficult, very inspiring, very empowering journey of leadership. Thanks. See you next week.